Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host. Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's episode, I want to talk about the four enemies of favor. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles as always and take some notes. Got a really great show for you today. We always start our show out with a quote of the day, and here it is Your relevance in life is connected to the person you are called to assist. Now let's look here at Colossians chapter number one, and we're going to use verse number one here as our launching pad today. Colossians chapter one, verse number 21. Notice what it says. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. On last week, I talked about the favor factor, and I thought I would come back today and talk about the four enemies of favor because we know the importance of favor. And if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to the favor factor, do yourself a favor and listen to that episode because I think it will really help you to understand what favor is and how to walk in it. Now, with anything that we have or any blessing that we have, we have to understand the importance of operating in that thing and doing the best that we can so we don't lose it. Anything that God can give us, the enemy can take it from us. And he's done that with many saints. And so I don't want you to lose the favor that God has given you because of these enemies. So I thought it was important today to talk about some enemies of favor so you can at least guard yourself. Now, in this passage in Colossians 1.21, we know here according to the scripture, that these enemies was in that person's mind. Enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. It is my belief that the greatest enemy is inside. I call it enemy, right inside of you. Many times we look outside of us and we look at other people. They're trying to stop us. They're trying to hinder us. They're trying to assault us, do all kinds of things. But I want you to know that the greatest enemy is right there in your mind, right there in your head, right there between your ears. And so we have to guard our own selves so we don't make shipwreck by the choices that we make. Every day, we have choices that are placed before us and we have to make the right decision. And in Colossians, it makes it very clear that there were some times that you were alienated and enemies in your mind by your very own wicked works. But thanks be unto God through the precious blood of Jesus, he has reconciled us. Now we know that our spirit man is saved but we know that our soul is being saved. So through the renewal of the mind, we have to make sure that we weed out and rebuke and evict these enemies that are in our mind. And I've got four of these today and I want you to write them down and I want you to consider. And then I want you to guard yourself against these enemies. Here's number one, 
pride. All of us have heard about pride. Pride is such a monster and it's dangerous. It is a dangerous enemy that a lot of people have today and they are in bondage because of it. Now, the definition of pride is really simple. It's a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievement. Now, you would say, what's wrong with having a little bit of pride? I get it. There's nothing wrong with being proud about starting something and then finishing it. There's nothing wrong with going back to school and working hard and getting that college degree and walking across that stage while everybody cheers you on. There's nothing wrong with losing 10 and 15 pounds and you sacrificed and you worked out. Yeah, you should be proud of that in essence. But the reality is Pride is an attitude that believes they don't need God and they have succeeded by their own strength. So anything that God does in you and through you know that he did that and not you. He supplied you with the strength, the wisdom, the know-how to be able to do it. So don't cut God out. Many saints cut God out. Now, I'm not talking about people that are not Christians. They don't understand this. I wouldn't even dare share it with them because these are spiritual principles and spiritual matters. And because this is a Christian podcast, I'm talking to those of you today that should have an understanding of this. But the enemy of pride can creep in to the point where you think you got your own success by your own power, by your own strength, by your own energy. But it hadn't been for God who really helped you. Where would you be? I've been in places where my own ingenuity, my own strength, my own smart, so I thought I had, helped me, and I still couldn't get out. It was only after I recognized that it is God's power that has allowed me to come this far. And I don't want to steal, and I don't want to take any credit from God. I don't want to get to a point that I can say, you know what, I did this on my own. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Well, hey, some of us didn't even have any boots to pull up. But the reality is, is that pride comes in through our inability to remember God. And I want you to always keep God in your conscience. I want you to always remember him. There was a song we used to sing back in the day, always remember Jesus, always keep him on your mind. And even the old saints used to say, I woke up with my mind, stayed on Jesus. We must constantly remember and never forget. See, it's one thing when you're poor, but it's another thing when God start prospering you and you forget and get the big head and think you are the one that got your own prosperity. No, it is God that gives us the ability to prosper and to do well. So this enemy of pride, again, the enemy is very slick, man. He is a covert operation. He works in the dark. And so before you know it, you've been taken over by your own thoughts. You've been taken over by your own doing well, but you forgot this enemy crept in while you were sleeping, unawares, while you were just going about doing your thing. And before you'll be taken down. Notice what the Bible says here in Proverbs chapter number 11, verse two. Maybe this will anchor in what I'm saying to you today. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility 
comes wisdom. When I was studying this and looking at it, preparing for this show, one word I pulled out of here was disgrace. Now we know favor is God's grace. Disgrace is the enemy's tool to take the favor of God from you. I hope you heard that. Disgrace means no grace at all. So I've got no favor. I've got no strength. I've got no ability from God to cause people to open up doors for me. When you're operating in a disgraceful manner, your reputation, your character, your integrity has been totally tarnished by the things that you've done. So when pride comes in, it's coming to take some things from you. It's not coming to give you anything. But with humility, when we just humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, he will exalt us in due season. And then comes the wisdom of God. And I do believe wisdom is also a part of that grace and favor package. Anything that God gives you is going to bless you real good. But just tell yourself, I can never forget God. I can never forget where I was. I can never forget how bad I was off. And God will continue to bless you over and over again. Number two, laziness. Yes, laziness. This is the quality of being unwilling to work or to use your own energy. I want to pull a word out here and it's called unwilling. Unwilling means, watch this, not ready, not eager or prepared to do something. Now, here's a question that I want you to answer. I want you to think about this if you can. Are you unwilling? I really want you to think about that today because there are a lot of people who said, Lord, I'm really willing. And then when the Lord tell them to do something, they're not as willing as they say they are. Are you unwilling? Here's why. A lot of people hide behind prayer but they really unwilling. Here's what that means, because I don't think we truly understand this. And I've been in church a long time and I've been around a lot of church folk. I've noticed even in the opportunities that I've given people to do certain things, they'll say to me, well, pastor, I need to pray about it. I need to pray about it. Now you say, pastor, I thought prayer is good. It is. There's nothing wrong with you praying about things, but you got to be careful even in this, that sometimes people will use religious colloquialisms and say that they are praying about it when in fact they are just unwilling, when in fact they just aren't prepared. They aren't eager. They haven't put their stuff together. So when the opportunity comes, they don't always have to use this word called prayer when they're not praying at all. They're just lazy. And the thing about being lazy, it robs you of the favor of God. And again, lazy people won't ever be committed. You can offer them this. You can offer them that. You can give them an opportunity to achieve their wildest dreams. But because they are unwilling, whatever you do, rebuke the spirit of lazy out of your life. Poverty comes on people that are lazy. They wake up. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's like a it's like an armed man. Before you know it, it is taken over your house. It is taken over everything. 
everything. It has robbed you of everything that you thought you could do and what you thought you could be because of laziness. So let's deal with this spirit of unwillingness. So many people are just unwilling. They say they want to be blessed. They say they want to achieve. They say they want to do great things. But the reality is, is that they're just not committed the way that they say that they are. So let's not hide behind prayer. Let's just be honest and say, you know what? I'm just not prepared. I'm just not ready. Yeah, you offered me this opportunity, but you know what? I've been lazy. I haven't been studying. I haven't been doing the necessarily preparations to get this thing off the ground. And there are times in our life where we have all been lazy. There are times in our life where we said that we were going to do some things and we didn't do it. But we got to go back to God again and ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to give us his power, to give us his energy. For without it, we cannot achieve the things that we need to achieve. So when we understand this, we also understand that any blessing that God gives you needs to be maintained. So you can't be lazy. If God gives you a house, you got to clean it. If God provides an opportunity for you to get a new car, you got to put gas in it. You got to rotate the tires. You got to get it fixed. You got to wash it. Come on now. Anything that God gives you, you have to maintain it, which means you can't be lazy with anything that God gives you. It just cannot be. Look at Matthew chapter number 25. Let's anchor this thing in here today. Matthew 25, and we're going to look at verse number 24, and we'll conclude at verse number 26. This is a really powerful passage of scripture. Notice what it says. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, and he said, Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you had not sown and gathering, where you had not scattered seed. Verse 25. So this is what I did. So I went, or should I say, so I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Here's the powerful part here in verse number 26. Lock into this. Look at what it says. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You're not just wicked, but you lazy too. Now, you would think, possibly, some of you may think, or people that would read this passage would think, oh, I understand. You would think the master would be, you know, sensitive to this situation. You would think he would have some understanding, some compassion on this fellow. I get it. I understand. You were afraid and you didn't do what you needed to do. I've been there before. I've done it before. No, the master showed him no mercy. He spoke right to the spirit that was operating in this so-called servant. And he called him wicked. Come on, y'all. And he called him lazy. And this is what laziness will do for you if you don't deal with this enemy. It'll rob you of the favor of God. Guard yourself against your own wickedness and against your own laziness. Now, here's the profound thing about all this. This was nobody else but him. Remember I told you early in this show, I said to you, the enemy is inside of you. It's in your mind. This was nobody outside. This was not a person. This was not a so-called hater, as people say today. No, this was right inside of that person, and it's right inside of you and I. 
all of us have the propensity to be lazy. And so once we can search it out, once we can know it, we got to go after that spirit with everything that we have. Number three, immaturity. This is another enemy of favor. Behavior that is inappropriate. That's what immaturity is. And I'm sure you know people that are just immature. They just have behavior that is inappropriate. And we see a lot of this in our world. People doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. People seem to think that they can just do what they want to do. They get mad, they can just fight you. If they get mad, they can just steal from you in broad daylight. If things don't go their way, they can just throw a temper tantrum. They can just go and be sneaky and do all kinds of things because we live in America. And we got freedom of choice and we've got freedom of voice and we can do all of these things. But we got to remember, especially those of us that are Christians, you just can't do what you want to do when you want to do it just because you feel like you've been mistreated. It goes with the territory. When you name the name of Christ and when God saved you and sent his son to save you and then put the Holy Spirit inside of you, that is the power that you got to have and connect with so that he can grow you up, not down, up. When you have the spirit of God in you, you should be growing up. You should be maturing. Notice what 1 Corinthians chapter number three Verse number one and two says, this is really powerful. It says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. In other words, he said, y'all still immature. Verse two, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. This was a message. When I was reading this, this was a message. The backdrop is, is that this was a message that Paul was releasing to the church and its leaders. And he was going to give them great revelation. But you know, the problem was they was too immature. Now, when I thought about this, I said, man, he was going to give the church something that you and I could read right now that he gave to them eons ago that could have helped the church, that could have caused leaders right now to be able to see the great revelation that Paul was going to get. See, when you immature, it hinders the next generation from getting certain things because you couldn't handle it. And so we got to understand that our inability to grow up, it hinders the next generation because what God wants to give you right now, you can pass it on so they don't have to fall into the ditch. They don't have to fall into a rut. Everything about immaturity says, I want what I want, when I want it, and how I want it. I don't care anything about anybody else. And this, again, is the spirit that's going on in our world today. People could care less about anybody else but themselves. And that is not what's supposed to be with a Christian. If, again, you name the name of Christ, if you are a true disciple and follower of Christ, the Bible says you got to take up your cross and follow him. There's some things about being a Christian that goes with the territory is par for the course, but immaturity cannot be your best friend because immaturity will keep you broke. It'll keep you frustrated. It'll keep your marriage on the rocks. It'll keep you estranged from your children. I'm telling you, when I talk to people, counsel them, I can pick up on immaturity very fast. And the reality is 
the person I'm talking to, they don't even see it. They don't even see the immaturity in themselves. They're always blaming other people. Here's a great way to find out if you immature. Look at what you say. Hear what you say. Are you always blaming other people when things go wrong? It was their fault. They should have gave it to me. I didn't get the raise because they don't like me. I didn't get the job because somebody in there was prejudiced. No, you got to look at yourself. We're not saying that prejudice doesn't exist. We're not saying that people don't try to, you know, connive and scam and do things against you. We're not saying that. But we are saying that we got to first look at ourselves and say, was it something I did? Was it something I didn't do? Am I constantly blaming other people for the reasons why I can't move ahead? Many times people don't do that. So you have to do this to kill this spirit of immaturity. And finally, here's my fourth one here, and it's manipulation. Manipulation, I'm telling you, is an enemy of your favor. People that think they deserve your stuff will do clever things to get it from you. When people manipulate, that's the number one spirit that, that they're operating in. They think that they deserve your stuff. So they'll do it. They'll try to make you feel bad. They'll try to make you cry. They'll try to make you angry. They'll do whatever they need to do to get something out of you because they think it's theirs. I've been in church again a long time, been in church my whole life. And this spirit of manipulation goes on in most ministries, most churches, even in the church I pastor. You got some people, I pastor people who just manipulative. They're trying to manipulate anything. They'll try to be nice just for a season because they want a position or they want to do something. They'll, they'll try to, uh, whatever they come up with, it's just wicked. But we've got to recognize when we are operating in this thing called manipulation. And here's the thing that I want you to consider. Anything that God gives you and promises you, you don't have to manipulate anyone to get it from them. You don't have to do it. That's the thing. Don't you think that if God promised you something, he can deliver on his word? So do you have to be sneaky, conniving, just downright ratchet that you think that you have to come up with a plan because you really tired of waiting. And really people that do this, they don't trust God. They really don't trust God at all. So what they'll do to say, I, you know, I'm tired of waiting. I've been serving. It seems like I've been passed over. So, so let me come up with something. Let me say, and people will do this. I've seen it done Well, they'll come up with a fake prophecy and they'll go to the person that they think has what they want. And they say, you know, the Lord told me, I had a dream. The Lord told me that you was going to bless me. The Lord told me that car that you had, that, you know, that's my car. I mean, people come up with all kind of crazy stuff. And you would think that people would have some kind of honor and respect towards God, but they don't. And so they'll try to come up with all kind of things. And God is just sitting there saying to them, why don't you trust me? Trust me. If I said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to do it. Now, again, you can't rush God, can't rush the Holy Spirit. You got to honor him and wait on him and not manipulate people and situations and circumstances. That's just a demonic spirit. 
When you get time, this is your homework. I want you to take a moment and read Acts chapter 8. I'm not going to read the whole chapter in Acts chapter 8, but I want to introduce to you quickly this Bible character called Simon the Sorcerer. I want you to read about him because he was operating in this spirit of manipulation. In Acts chapter 8, starting here at verse number 18, and we'll conclude at verse number 22. Notice what it says. When Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Verse 19, and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, notice what Peter said. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Verse 22, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. I really thank God for Peter because there are a lot of leaders today that probably would have taken some money and prayed for this man. I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories about pastors and leaders who have taken the people's money and trying to lay hands on somebody and give them some kind of gift. I'm telling you, it's bad. And so we got to really recognize when people are operating in this spirit of manipulation. And in this particular passage, Peter said, no, Peter walked with Jesus, man. He wasn't about to sell Jesus out. It was the same Jesus that told the disciples, I need to go away, but I'm going to send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to minister to you and he's going to comfort you. So Peter wasn't about to sell out Jesus and sell out the Holy Spirit that was living inside of him. We got to stop being a sellout just because somebody offers us money. No, the Holy Spirit is precious, man. It is the power of God. We're living in a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy, We need to love the Holy Spirit and fellowship with him and really honor him. But listen, when people have no honor for God, they have no respect for you nor the servants. All they want is power. And we have to guard ourselves against power. People that get power will be corrupted. And so many people have fallen in our world today simply because they were corrupted by power. I don't want that to be you. I want you to go back over these four things that I talked to you about today. Pride, laziness, immaturity, and manipulation. These are the four things that I believe are the enemies of favor. Favor is a wonderful thing. So don't lose the favor of God because you couldn't recognize when these things were operating, not only in your life, maybe in the life of somebody you know. So send this message today to somebody who you believe is really skating on thin ice, who's doing some things that are not right. They lies possibly can be saved through this message. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you. And if it did, I want you to send me an email. Reach out to me and let me know. Send your message to info at thomasadeloach.com. I will reply. I will get back to you. I want to hear from you. If these messages are helping you, man, let me know. I got a website. Go there, especially if you're a first-time visitor today to the show. Thank you for tuning in. I want you to go to thomasadeloach.com. Learn a little bit about me, my advocacy, 
what I'm about, connect with me, ways that you can support our show through your financial contributions, which allows me to produce this show so that you can hear me, so that you can connect with me. Let's partner together so that I can continue to to empower you. All right. That's all again that I wanted to share. I'm praying for you as always. Believe in God's best for you, man. Go and be great today. And remember, above all things, to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be Be empowered. empowered.